listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. The Cleveland Browns continue to roll. It was a battle of eight and three teams yesterday in Nashville. Browns versus Titans, and it was all Cleveland, especially early on. The final, though, 41-35. The Browns go to nine and three on the season. The reason we recap the games is because we want to see what we can learn from them. Like, don't bet against Belichick versus Anthony Lynn. What can we learn from them? Fez will tell us what he learned from that game in a little bit. My question is, how good are the Browns? We talked about it in the headlines. They're the 12th best team based on Super Bowl odds. Fez, you update your power ratings quickly after Sunday, then you refine them the next day or two, which means you listen to me and tweak accordingly. What do you got? Where do you got the Browns? Number 12, RJ. So you and the Vegas market are aligned. Remember, the Super Bowl market is about upside. It's also about public perception. Sometimes, like a team like, you know, some teams, the, the real solid, like a, a Giants team, which we'll be talking about their big upset, probably not a Super Bowl team, right? Like a team like the Atlanta Falcons probably have a better chance. If, if they were in the playoffs, would probably have a better chance to win the Super Bowl than the yes. Giants. Even though their record is very different. So, Super Bowl is about upside. Giants don't have a ton of it. Browns, I don't think they have a ton of it. Here's why. This is a team, the Browns, that is influenced, limited by their opponent as much as any team I've seen. Meaning, if the Browns play an opponent that on defense can pressure Baker... Baker is short for an NFL quarterback. So if they can pressure Baker up the middle especially and make him start going left and right and those wild scrambles, Fran Tarkenton style that he does but not as successful, Baker's a below average, way below average quarterback, number one. Number two, if the defense can trick him a little bit, force him off his first read, Baker is what they call a one-read quarterback. A lot of quarterbacks are limited by their ability not or their inability to go through the progression, as it's called. Spot number one, read two, read three. The great quarterbacks get to that read three. Some get to read four. And that's why a guy like an Aaron Rodgers will go one, two, three, and then start scrambling. And then you're in big trouble because he's got three chances and then his ability to make plays out of his normal rhythm. Baker is a one-read guy because if you're in a skills competition – you're saying throw that ball through that tire that's hanging up by that rope, like on Friday Night Lights first season, Source and QB2, remember? I'm sure you do, right, Steve? No. No. But, <laughs> but the reality is that Baker would probably be as good as anyone right up there throwing the ball through the tire. In a regular game, if it plays like throwing a ball through a tire, Baker's great. That's how this Tennessee game played against Baltimore. Against Pittsburgh, that's not the way the game's played. Their defense disrupts, and Baker's not only worse, because every quarterback's worse against a better defense. He's worse by two or three levels, and thus it's hot or cold. Browns are either good or they're not, and I think the driver is how much the defense makes the offense uncomfortable. 
Thoughts? Yeah, I agree 100%. Baker did not get sacked in the game yesterday. Four touchdown passes in the first half, wide open receivers, and he hit them not being under pressure. What was your main takeaway, Jonas? Yeah, I think uh, to your point, Cleveland feels like a front-running team. When they have a lead and they can run the ball, they're much better off than if they're trying to battle it out in a dogfight, needing to come from behind. A team like Kansas City, what makes them different is they can win in both styles. They can either come back. We saw it all year in the playoffs last year, or they can take a lead and they can coast it because they're so talented like they did against Tampa Bay a week ago. I just... I think there's a clear separation between Cleveland and the top teams in the AFC. As, as good of a story as they are, I just don't think they're in that in that category as of yet. I'm going to push back a little bit on the whole front runner thing because I think in a way we're saying the same thing, but I think the root cause isn't that they're ahead. Because if the Browns were ahead against the Steelers, I think they'd still have trouble on offense, right? Mm-hmm. But... I think that it looks like that, Jonas, and again, this is my opinion, because against the the teams that Baker struggles with, he's playing from behind, right? But I think it's because of the type of team that they are. Yeah, and I also don't think that – I don't think this is the finished product of Cleveland. I think that they're still an ascending team. I think depending on how this goes next year, they could maybe take another step in that direction. I think – if you're a Browns fan, I'm not thinking about Super Bowl at this point. I'm just thinking get to the playoffs, consider yep. that a win, and you're still a couple of steps away from being there. 97% chance right now projected to make the playoffs for the Browns. That would be the first time since 2002. 2002. I'm R.J. Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Think about this. The Browns have played the Colts and won. The Texans, who are a good team. I mean, they're at least average. Where do you got the Texans right now in your power rankings? Oh, 21st. Yeah, well, the, you made the big Will, Will, uh, Will Fuller adjustment, right? Yes. Yes. Gigant- you had to get out the advocates <laughs> for that one. Okay, but still, I mean, a team that's a viable team. And they lost a close game to the Raiders, a very windy game. So... Now they've beat Tennessee. So if you say who's the middling teams other than Baltimore and Pittsburgh, to at least Baltimore at that point of the year was really good. They played two really good teams. The Browns got blown out in both. But in the middle-tier teams they played, Colts, Texans, Raiders, Titans, 3-1. and one. So, But you think about it, Colts D, mm, they're, they're a solid D. They're not a big pressure D. Right, and that was a close game. Texans D is not good. Raiders D is not good. Titans D not good. So if the Browns are against a, a fairly good team that's good on offense, they can play just fine. And they're, they're, they've won those games. Now a really a, a middle of the road or better team that's good on defense. I don't know how the Browns do against them. So to me, it's all about that defense and the pressure. So who's a good? Let's think about this. Who's a team? that is maybe 12th or 13th in the league, but their defense is better than their offense? Steve, Cer- certainly wait. Baltimore right now. They're number 10. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, but we already know Baltimore. Miami. Okay. Miami. I think that's a good example. I think Miami maybe causes you, – you agree, Jonas? Yeah, Miami's a good example. That defense is carrying that team right now. I think the Browns have trouble – against Miami more than they would against a Tennessee. Because if Baker's comfortable, yes. they're playing just fine. All right, last thoughts on this game. I actually 
Also, and I usually agree with Jonas, I slightly disagree with Jonas on the ascendancy idea, the idea the Browns are moving up. I think this year might be their best year, right? Because And, and maybe not because next year they don't have to sign Baker. So next year's year four. Now the question is, are they going to pick him up, that year five option, right? Because they have to decide this offseason, the Browns do, just like the Bears decided not to pick up Trubisky. I don't think you can pay Baker 35 or whatever it would be to pick him up. Now, it doesn't mean they can't re-sign him. It's just they won't have him that fifth year. Then they got one year left on that rookie deal. But the question is, how much is Baker going to demand on the open market? It's not $30 million, but it's over 20 right? It's like an Andy Dalton-type contract, but now five years later, let's say. And the question, Jonas, is, and I'll let you have the final word, if they do have to spend, let's say, 23 on Baker, they can't have OBJ and they can't have these other players, the line they bought. So now Baker has to carry more weight. Right. Is there anything you've seen that makes that viable? Uh, no, I, I don't think he's I don't think he's a number one pick quality of a quarterback. I think I think he can be a good quarterback, but I don't put him in the same category as a Deshaun Watson, a Mahomes, some of these other guys. He reminds me, yeah. Cleveland reminds me a lot, which is so ironic because it's where Stefanski came from. They remind me a lot of Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. In that I don't think got, he's near as good as Kirk Cousins. And, and right I now. think right now Kirk Cousins is much better, but just sort of the where Stefanski came from. He had the two great receivers on the outside in Diggs and Thielen, just like he had here in Cleveland. They ran the ball with Dalvin Cook, and offensively they got things together, and if they could get some defense, Minnesota was making a run towards the playoffs. So they're kind of similar to that, but I don't see Baker as being a guy who's going to end up being a, a top five or maybe even top ten quarterback in the NFL. I agree. I agree. And and to on to be honest, if you are saying the following about your quarterback, he's not near as good as Kirk Cousins, you're not winning a Super Bowl with that guy. <laughs> right out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. So, RJ, during a crossfire last week, you and Fez argued for the Patriots and the Chargers, and it was you on the side of the New England Patriots. And in a line that was as close as a pick 'em at certain points last week, the final was nothing close. 45 to nothing. New England on the road gets the win. Yeah, let's go back. This is me still today, but. Um, Fez, don't play against Belichick. And here's why especially you shouldn't play against Belichick. One, we saw how he does against first and second year quarterbacks. Pregame.com, McKenzie did the work. 65%. This was before this most recent game. 65% against the spread in his career. Belichick going back to the Browns and his time with the Patriots. So we're talking like 20, a quarter century of data said Two out of three times you win with Belichick, one out of three you, you win going against Belichick. Hmm. Fess says, what? My numbers. So then I said, but remember this, when you have a bad coach against a, an okay coach, it's the difference isn't that much. But when it's a great coach against a horrible coach, he gets exploited. And what do you see? Punt returns, fumble re- You just You don't even know how the kind of mistakes an Anthony Lynn can make, the Belichick can see, like a genius. You said, well, my numbers. 
What do you say today? I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank Yes. I'm sorry. I want to apologize to you. No, to the nation. The country. The nation. And anyone that bet the Chargers, and you checked all the boxes. You talked about, hey, the Chargers. It's like I had a crystal ball. Chargers' weakness, the rookie um, quarterback, and he, Herbert was horrible. Well, if you look at advanced metrics, so QBR, you, maybe you can pull that up. But when you look at expected points, their expectancy of completion percentage, and these are some advanced per-play stuff. Herbert was the least effective quarterback in the NFL this week. QBR of 9, RJ. So he was the worst there, too. Yes. And special teams. We all know the Chargers have horrible special teams. What does the genius do? He finds ways to exploit those weaknesses. Oh, punt return so, touchdown. Uh, we, we understand what happened. What did you see wrong? How have you looked in the mirror to improve this? In my own handicapping? Yes. I think I've got to stop being so stubborn, one size fits all, and every team has a number, and look much more heavily numbers aren't that good. into the matchups. Your numbers aren't that good. Yes. They're good. They might even be the best numbers out there. I think for gamblers, they're probably the best numbers out there. But it's, there's got, I mean, that's the thing. The numbers are the starting point. If it was just numbers, then don't you think a computer could do better than you? Yes. So um, the question with computers is, how do you take something that has some subjectivity to it and put it into numbers? How do you make it quantifiable? And that's the challenge. Yeah, because it's a complex parameter you have to include in your model. Absolutely. And bottom line is, I don't think I've ever seen this. The Chargers got outgained by 33 yards. Only 33 yards. But the score was very representative of what happened because of all the factors you were talking about. I saw this stat is in the history of the NFL going back to 1976. All right, that's a while ago. Steve <laughs> Almost Rogan. 45 years ago. No team in the NFL has lost that badly to a shutout as a home favorite. So a team that's at home that's supposed to win the game, that's the worst shutout loss in 45 years. That was your pick that you fought me on. Now, why wouldn't you have just said at the end of that, you know, I thought I had a good handicap here, but Jonas sees it. RJ sees it. You know, Jonas was like, boy, RJ's making some good points. I mean, he's a fan of yours. I mean, let's be honest. What is it about you that just made you say, my numbers? Because the Almighty betting market, and I preach in terms of closing line value, actually supported my play. The betters took the Chargers, but you've nailed it. Some of these these big betters, syndicates, not exactly always correct. Well, obviously. <laughs> Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Second biggest upset of the season based on the point spread. Jonas, Giants game, make it official. Yeah, the New York Giants go on the road. They go to the Pacific Northwest with Colt McCoy at quarterback, and they get the big win over the Seattle Seahawks, 17-12. to The Giants are in first place in the NFC East. That line was up over 10 in certain spots. Only the Raiders over Kansas City, a bigger upset on the season. My takeaways here, Russell Wilson, if you go back now, it's been a really bad run. And if you look at, you can look at QBR, you can look at a couple different things, and you could make the case. Mackenzie, throw up their games. 
you could make the case that from the first Arizona game on, he hasn't really had an outstanding game. And again, we know we're judging him against you know a high standard, but it was a situation where um, the Vikings game wasn't great. I mean, they almost lost that one. That was Sunday night, if I remember. Cardinals game, bunch of turnovers, their first loss. Yeah. And then the uh, 49ers. Yeah, he played pretty well in that 49ers game. And then against the Bills, uh, I mean, okay. I mean, they put up a lot of points. Against the Rams, not good. Against the Cardinals the second time, they won at home, but it was the second-worst QBR of the season. And then now this Eagles game. Hmm. And then the Giants. I mean – None of those games feel like an, like even someone in the MVP conversation. Yeah, I agree. And even this game, I can make the case he had two chances to win. He threw an interception on the final drive. That should have been it. The Giants dropped that interception. I'm like, okay, now Seattle. So when you say he threw an interception, you mean he almost he almost it. threw the interception, and so he was given a second chance. It was on first down that he threw that bad pass. Still couldn't get the first down. So uh, really, Russell Wilson failed twice on that final drive. And right now, Mahomes, or check that, Mahomes is the MVP favorite, but Wilson is 18 to 1. So pretty much out of it. He was 7 to 1 entering the week. I don't know if you know this, he's never gotten an MVP vote. Did you know that? <laughs> but he did become close to like almost even money after like the first four weeks. It wasn't that crazy. Yeah, Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. There's a lot of things you need to know <laughs> if you want to follow fo- NFL football. I'm RJ Bell straight out of Vegas. Um, Giants? Joe Judge had him trending in the right direction. They have covered now six of eight games. And that's a good thing, even if you don't bet, and about half our listeners don't bet, is if you see a team covering but not winning, it's just a good sign that they're overperforming. And we saw that with the Giants, and now they've won you know, a good many games. But initially, it was covering those games. Jonas... Thoughts on Seattle Giants? Yeah, I'm really impressed with Joe Judge. He got a lot of crap before the season. People were saying he's trying to be a mini Belichick. He's trying to, you know, he's got no accolades. He's got nothing he can fall back on. And yet here he is. You watch a Giants game, those guys play hard. It's the complete opposite as what the team in town, the New York Jets. You just look at both franchises and one team – you see them in games constantly. This all without Saquon Barkley. You can go all the way back to the Chicago game, a game they could have won early on. So although the record isn't great and it's the NFC East, they really, really play hard and they're playing for Joe Judge and they look good. I'd make the case that you could make the case that Judge isn't what you would expect from a head coach. He's not like the kind of guy that can take over the offense or the defense. He's been a special teams guy. But usually those special teams guys, and I heard someone say this this weekend, they deal with players from the offense and defense, yeah. and there's not, it's not as clickish. It's not as much, we're in our room, and thus, it, it, you know, Harbaugh was a special teams guy. It seems to open up the mind on both sides of the ball. He's not a technician, but he's a good CEO, it seems like. And he's not being Belichick where he's trying to be stern, but when he needed to with that O-line coach, he was stern. I'm, I'm only looking at it from a distance, but some good things from Judge. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.